We guys welcome my dear friend, Rena Grazier. Good morning. Am I on? Yeah. I am. <laughs> Rena, tell us a little bit about what you're going to be bringing and teaching us on that Friday night, Saturday morning seminar. Well, one of the things that I discovered a few years ago was that God was really with me. And that it wasn't that he wasn't there. It was that my perception of him needed to grow. And that's what has been kind of my life goal, life path, is to share with others that we really can be aware that God is with us in all things. And one of the things I've discovered is that if we can practice that and learn that during the good times, we can be aware in those times when we really need to know that he's with us. So I like to, to teach, and my style is we teach a little and then we do a little, okay? So it's always good to learn things, but it's even better if we can practice them. So this isn't just a bunch of tips and techniques. We're actually going to um, be able to try to implement them and, and learn Absolutely. how to practice them real time as you're teaching through. That's yeah. right. That's Great. right. Well, I'm excited for that because um, we've talked about this. One of the things that God's been doing here at Hope over this last year is teaching us to hear his voice, to follow his voice and what that looks like. And so you bringing this um, seminar, uh, I think, is just kind of the next piece of that to make that really real and practical for us. Now, this morning, Rena is our guest speaker. And so um, uh, short introduction, Rena has known me since I was in seventh grade. Seventh grade, her and her husband Ed uh, are really good friends with my parents. We go way back to Minnesota. Yes. Now, did you officially retire last year from the church you were uh, on staff at, one of the pastors? Well, yes, after a number of years, the Lord said, It's time, resign, and I will reassign you. So I got to tell you, I'm glad to be here because <laughs> it feels like some of this is the reassignment that God has for me. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll see how much you love us if you come back in the summertime. But uh, in the meantime, uh, let's, let's, one more time, let's give Rena a welcome from Hope this morning. Love you. Well, I am glad to be here. And it isn't just because it's been 10 below in Minnesota. This church really feels like home to us, and we're so grateful to be here. We visited Jim and Joanne, Doug's folks, a number of times. Arizona grows on you, especially in the winter. And so I'm looking forward to getting to know more of you. Um, I just have to tell you, though, that all the people like me that come in the winter have been referred to as snowbirds. But I have found a new name for myself. I, and Ed can be too, and any of you that want to, I am a snow fox. All right? I was, I was going to have a picture, but I thought if I have a picture, that's all you're going to think about through the whole message. So, so I, I, I didn't do that. I have to tell you this one funny story. You know, in the old days, well, some here too, microphones were always corded, and the preacher could only go as far as the cord stretched. Well, one day, there was this preacher who was, oh, he was fiery, 
a lot of passion as he preached, and he's moving around. And in the front row is a woman with her five-year-old son, and he turns to his mom and he says, is he going to hurt me if he gets loose? (laughs) I am here to say I will not hurt you. (laughs) So um, there are two things that I want to talk about um, and then give you some examples, but I want to pray first. So, Father, we just thank you that we are gathered here together, and we thank you that you are here with us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have so much to give us and to pour out upon us. And so we just open our hearts to you, and we invite you to touch us wherever you would like. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's two basic truths that I want to talk about, and then I am an application preacher, okay? So the first, the two truths are, and, and we'll have a, um, some scriptures to support that, are that God hears us. He actually listens to us, okay? We can, and we can give that gift to others. The other thing is God understands. He understands everything about us. He validates us. So let's look at those two concepts. The first one is that God hears, okay? He hears, he listens to us. His ear to our heart. Psalm 55, 16 and 17. As for me, I shall call upon God and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will complain and murmur, and he will hear my voice. Wow, he will hear my voice. Even when I complain and murmur, he hears me. That's good news. You know, I wasn't that good with our kids. I had this little technique. Ed and I raised four daughters, and maybe none of you had children who whined, but on occasion, there was this just really whiny voice, and I would say, I can't understand you. Whenever you use that voice, I can't understand you. I really want to understand what you're saying. <laughs> well, it worked. <laughs> it actually helped the problem, but you know what? God is not like that. He doesn't say, I'm not talking to you till you stop whining. So the next scripture is 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. He hears us. And then Psalm 116 One and two. I love the Lord because he hears. He hears my voice and my supplications because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I shall call upon him as long as I live. And you know, God hears both our spoken words and our hearts. Many of you are familiar with the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel, where um, she prayed silently and God heard her heart. 
So he hears me. He hears you. He listens to us. It's always with his heart of love. Always with his heart of love. The second point is that God understands. Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. He understands every thought I have ever had or will ever have. And then let's look in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's, it's astounding to me when I think about the fact that Jesus who is God, came here and understands everything, every single thing that I've ever faced or will face. He chose to come, and he was tempted in all ways that we are. And I don't know if when you read things like that, sometimes your mind goes in another direction. I thought, I bet he didn't have computer problems. No, he actually didn't, and he didn't have a car that wouldn't run either. But he faced things far greater, far more painful than most of us will face in our lives. And he understood. He understood the frustration that I feel at times. I'm going to give you a quick run-through of some of the things that Jesus experienced, and I won't give you all the references for it, but See me later. They're written down. Jesus was tempted in the desert for 40 days. He experienced poverty where he said he had no place to lay his head. He was frustrated in the temple with the money changers. He was disappointed as he looked over Jerusalem. He was rejected more than once. In John 6, it says some disciples those that were following Jesus turned back. He felt sorrow. He experienced ridicule when he was struck, and spit upon, and mocked at his crucifixion. He felt loneliness, especially on the cross. He understands. He understands everything, and he felt things deeply as we do. One of the examples is John 11.35 where Jesus wept. 
always remember that scripture. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. That's how I learned it. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. If you look in another translation, it says he shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness, tenderness and compassion. The reason was, and he was right then at Lazarus's grave. His good friend had died, and Mary and Martha, two days prior to that, had sent a message and said, "Come, Lazarus is sick." Please come. And he waited two days. He knew his father would raise Lazarus, but he wept. He understood how Mary and Martha, their families and all their friends felt. He knew it. He felt it. And then he raised Lazarus from the grave. And God tells us that, that we need to weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. So God hears, he listens, he hears the deep things in our heart, and we can do that too. I'm going to give you a big word here. It's called attuning or attunement, okay? All right, I have a little... Prop. I really love props. Okay. Now, most of you know what it is. It is not racing flags. I'll just tell you right here. It's not that. So did anybody? Well, no, don't raise your hand. But some of us are old enough to know that when you watched TV, you had these, right? Right. The longer, the better. The more foil, the better. <laughs> okay, these are were called rabbit ears, all right? So some of you know about that. That's what a tuning is. Putting up your antenna, tuning in. It's when someone feels that they have been attuned to, they have this feeling that someone else gets them. Someone else understands them. And it's at those places where we attune with each other that we get in sync. And we can trust that someone is understanding us or trying to understand us sensitively, tenderly, accurately. I offer attunement when I am present to you, when I see you and hear you, when I really listen to you, and I try to understand what your internal experience is, what's going on for you. And I try to be in that same place with you. You've all had times when you're trying to tell someone something that's pretty serious to you, and they smile or laugh, that is not attunement, okay? It's recognizing how the other person feels and trying to understand and being glad to be with them, even with pain. We listen with our hearts. We pay full attention to the person. And here's the key, and I got to say I'm working on this one myself. We listen not in order to give a 
brilliant answer, okay? Not to figure out what we're going to say to fix that problem, okay? That's an art. We have to really work to do that. And I catch myself like as soon as they take a breath, <laughs> I have something to say. No, that's not attunement, okay? That, and we have to really listen. I say one of the things you do is you make sympathetic noises, okay? Or ask good questions. Ed will tell you, sometimes I start a conversation and I say, honey, I want to tell you something. I only want sympathetic noises. <laughs> Just give me those, oh, oh, oh. Nope, nope, not that last one. Nope, not that one. <laughs> okay? So we tune in and we listen, okay? And I have to work on that area, being fully present, really listening to what someone's saying and not work on the answer to their problem. So that's where attunement comes in. And God, he always attunes to us. He's always listening, hearing. His heart is connected. And he understands. He just understands. Now, here's something that's important. I may not agree, and God doesn't always agree, with how big things are, maybe how big the problem is. He may not agree with us about the cause of the problem but he understands. And that's the gift that we can give to others. And that's the next thing, validation. We can validate others, okay? We can give that gift. And it's recognizing how they feel, not how I feel. Not how I feel. And that's something we, we do sometimes too, Immediately, our brains are saying, well, if that was me, I would feel really, really mad. Well, they may not be feeling that at all. And so if we're going to attune and validate, we have to listen to where they are. That's really important with this. And it has to be about the actual size, not our attempt to resize it to make it smaller, to make it feel better, okay? Here's some of the things we say. I can see this is a big deal for you. I understand this is really hard. It looks like this is about to overtake you. So it's recognizing where that person's at and reflecting back to them. You know what? We all know how to invalidate. And we do that by saying things like, well, it could have been worse. In fact, I remember a time, and we, we turn it back to us, and we tell a story, or we say, well, I don't, that's not such a big deal. What are you so upset about? That is called in." validation, okay? But we have to, we catch ourselves sometimes. So here's a quote from Bob Goff. He's one of my favorite authors. I don't know if you've read him. He wrote a, a book called Love Does. I just, half the time I'm laughing and the other half I'm crying as he tells stories. He also wrote a book called 
everybody always. Becoming love in a world of setbacks and difficult people. Now, doesn't that sound like a good one? It, good stories in it. Anyway, he says, most people need love and acceptance a lot more than they need advice. I worked um, for many years at our church as a family life pastor, and I got the privilege when somebody needed to talk to somebody, they would come talk to me. And, And it was a privilege. And I discovered some really important things. First, I had to listen. I had to listen and try to hear their heart. And I had to see their value. We have a saying at our church, look for the gold, okay? Look for the gold. The dirt's easy to see. Look for the gold. So I would work to do that and then validate their feelings. Acknowledge what they are feeling. And it helps them know they've been heard. We've all had places where somebody comes to give us good advice and we know they haven't really heard what's going on for us, what things feel like. So validate their feelings. And the third thing is, then we could listen together. And I often used a manual prayer. We could listen together for God's perspective on things. And that was when I realized understanding precedes advice. People need to feel understood before we can solve things, before we can get to it. Connection has to come. Um, Some time ago, our family experienced a a severe blow, and it had widespread ramifications for many family members. And I won't give you details, but I can tell you we were devastated when we heard the diagnosis and the prognosis. I could think of little else. I was angry. I was angry. I was angry with the enemy. I was angry with the situation in, quite honestly, a little angry with God. And mostly, I just cried. We still knew that God is good. Nothing changes that. And we knew that he is the one that has help for us. And we had wonderful people giving us godly perspective. There is a time for that. But I want to tell you the most meaningful thing was when a friend came and she said, this must be terrible for you. I am so sorry that it's happening. And she hugged me. There was no advice in that. But I felt heard And I didn't feel condemned for my feelings. I felt validated. And there was a time then we could go on to look at, okay, God, what are you saying about this? That's really important. Sometimes our crux, our problem with validating people is we think if we validate their feelings, we're agreeing with their behavior. Their sin at times. No. No, we're not. We can love people who sin, and we aren't agreeing with their behavior. So that's really important. First Peter 2.17 says, honor all people. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. And so that's a whole nother sermon, and I won't get into that. 
You know, some of you are trying your best to raise kids. Some of you have gotten past that. Ed and I raised four daughters. Phew. My tendency was to teach, lecture, advise, and then repeat it. Then I learned what I called the one-shot rule, okay? First and foremost, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit in our encounters and engagements, even with our kids, maybe especially with our kids. And I knew that indiscriminate shooting and poor aim aren't very helpful. So I came up with the one-shot rule. When something's clearly wrong and I had a green light from God, I would say, I need to tell you this one time. And I would put it that way. I wouldn't say, you know what? God is telling me to tell you. No. They'll figure it out when it's God. I would say, I'm going to tell you this one time. I have a need to tell you one time. And I would do that, and then I would pray, and I would love. Withholding love is never the cure. I decided I didn't want to be a car alarm, continuing to go off until someone pressed the right button. Have you experienced that? It's not pleasant. So it's important for us that we hear, we listen. Our brains were created in a way that... We have to experience being heard to be relationally connected. You all know what that's like when you're talking with someone and you know there's not a connection happening. The Psalms are a good pattern. David acknowledged the problem, expressed how he felt, and then often the solution. Here's who God is. That's a good, good pattern for us. Here's a favorite quote by C.S. Lewis. A friend is someone who knows the song in your heart and can sing it back to you when you have forgotten the words. Knows the song in your heart and can sing it back to you when you've forgotten the words. That's who Jesus is. He's that friend. He knows and he sings it back to us. Um, We're going to watch a little video here on Emmanuel, and it shows God as the one, Jesus as the one who listens and hears and understands. So I want you to watch this. Um, We sang sang it this morning, hallelujah, I am not alone. But notice, it's about, I think, four minutes long, so I'm going to have you watch that, and then I'm going to come up and pray for us. He hears. He understands. He is always, always with us. I'd like to close with a scripture. Ephesians 4, no, 3, 14 through 19. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and length and height and depth 
and know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the fullness of God. Mm-hmm.